Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. For free resources and free messages, visit our website, friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or call us for more information at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Now here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. See, what's important to see at the end of verse 33 are the words, I have blessed him, yea, and he shall be blessed. Those words show us how Isaac had a quick recovery. He had a quick recovery from his sin of rebellion against God. When Isaac said in verse 33, I blessed him, yea, and he shall be blessed, Isaac was saying, I had blessed Jacob, and he shall be blessed. You know what he could have said? He could have said, I did not consciously bless Jacob. I was tricked. By Rebecca and Jacob. I retract that blessing. You know, I'm a victim of fraud, he could have said. <laughs> he said, a blessing is only enforced if the blesser knows what he's doing, and I did not. I am the victim of fraud. I cry foul play, and that blessing doesn't count. I wanted to bless Esau and not Jacob, and now I'm going to retract my blessing on Jacob and push forward my original plan forward and bless Esau. See? He could have taken that stubborn position, but that's what makes the words of Isaac at the end of verse 33 so significant when he says, I have blessed him, yea, and he shall be blessed. When Isaac said in verse 33, I have blessed him, yea, and he shall be blessed, Isaac realized that his rebellion against God had been overruled by God. When Isaac was saying, you know, I blessed him, yea, and he shall be blessed, he's saying, I'm going out of the business of rebelling against God. He said, I'm stopping that. And if God wants Jacob to receive the Abrahamic blessing, then who am I to stand in God's way? All right? Supposed to marry the tailor, whatever his name was, you know. (laughs) We don't have the son we had when we began. Anyway, so when Isaac said in verse 33, I blessed him, yea, and he shall be blessed, that's when Hebrews 11.20 took effect, where it says, by faith, Isaac blessed Jacob. Isaac did not bless Jacob by faith when Jacob was impersonating Esau, and Isaac thought he was blessing Esau. Isaac blessed Jacob by faith when he knew he was blessing Jacob, and that happened at the end of verse 33 when he said, I have blessed him, yea, and he shall be blessed. And what's so encouraging for us when we look at verse 33 is how fast Isaac repents and recovers himself from the sin of rebellion against God. Because you know why? Because the devil, the devil wants to say this: Oh, you've been so terrible. You've committed great sins against God. You've been away from God for such a long time. What makes you think you can just come back to church as if nothing happened? What makes you think you can just speak to God freely now? Well, you've got to repent for a long time. You've got to do a lot of penance. Yeah. And it's going to take you a very long time to come back to God. Your repentance is going to be a very long time for you to get right with God. You fell a long way from grace, and now it's going to take you a very long time to get back to God's favor. I hope you like stripes, because you're going to be wearing those prison stripes for a long time. (laughs) And that's why verse 33 is so encouraging, because it says, no, it's just a fast repentance, a fast recovery for all of his life. Isaac has said, Esau will be blessed, Jacob will not be blessed. But within one verse, 
Isaac makes a total turnaround, quickly gets right with God. Praise God. Verse 33 shows us that anyone can quickly repent and get right with God. So, in verse 33, we've seen Isaac's repentance, and now we see Esau in contrast to Isaac. This is the thing to see in verse 34. You've got to look at verse 33 and verse 34 together. Verse 34. When Esau heard the words of his father, he cried with a great and exceeding bitter cry and said unto his father, Bless me, even me also, O my father. See, the Hebrew is interesting here as well, because when it's compared to verse 33, verse 34 has very similar words to verse 33. In verse 33, we read, Isaac trembled very exceedingly. And in verse 34, we read, he cried with a great and exceeding bitter cry. And we saw in verse 33 that there are four Hebrew words used to describe Isaac's trembling. And two of those words were me'od and gadol, and those are the same words which are used in verse 34. See, but the two words that are conspicuous by their absence are the words harad and harada, quaking and fearful shivering. Those are not found in verse 34. There's no trembling in verse 34 for Esau. There is fearful trembling in verse 33 for Isaac. There's no anger in verse 33 for Isaac. There is a bitter cry of anger in verse 34 for Esau. Up until now, Isaac and Esau have been like this, inseparably linked, bosom buddies, together, echad to the nth degree. So between verse 33 and 34, we see how Isaac and Esau part. And from verse 33 and 34, we see how Isaac and Esau go down different roads. Isaac and Esau go in different directions. When Isaac sees he has been in rebellion against God, he trembles and gets angry with no one. When Esau sees that he's been tricked, he doesn't tremble. He becomes bitter and angry against Jacob. Now, I said that Isaac got angry with no one, but actually that's not really true. Who does Isaac really get angry with? Himself. Isaac, he does not get angry with Jacob. He does not get angry with Rebekah. He gets angry with himself. because, And this is another point of departure from each other between Isaac and Esau, because Esau does not get angry with himself. Esau gets angry with Jacob. Isaac took his frustration and his anger and turned it against himself, which brought about Isaac's repentance. Whereas Esau took his frustration and anger and turned it against Jacob, which brought Esau into a hard-hearted bitterness. And with his words in verse 33, yea, and he shall be blessed, Isaac accepted that Jacob would be blessed. But when we look at verses 33 and 34 together, we see these two opposite responses. See, Isaac's response in verse 33 is, and Isaac trembled very exceedingly. Isaac had a fearful trembling of repentance over how wrong he had been. But Esau's response in verse 33 is, he cries with a great and exceeding bitter cry. Esau had a severe angry cry of bitterness over how wronged he had been by Jacob. And that's the significance of the two different words in verses 34 and 33 and 35, trembled and cried. The severity was the same. In both cases, it was a gadol meod. It was a very great. 
But in Isaac's verse 33 case, it was a gadol me'od repentance. And in Esau's verse 34, it was a gadol me'od bitterness. And it was their response to the change in their plans that marked the departure from each other. See, God's chastening hand for us is always a change in our plans. We didn't plan that. You know, we didn't plan for our lives to work out this way. We didn't plan for us to hit the rocks, to hit the bottom in life, the end of our rope. We didn't plan for us to be so disappointed and frustrated, but with that frustrating disappointment comes the great crossroads in the way for Isaac and Esau. And verse 33 of Isaac is the trembling way of humble repentance and blaming self. And verse 34 is Esau's way of a bitter self-righteousness in blaming others. You know, I remember a Christian psychologist one time, and he said that whenever a patient came to his office, instead of probing for symptoms, you know, with the typical doctor, you know, the typical doctor question, what seems to be the problem? So not, not that question, but he, he said, I don't care about the symptoms. I want to go right to the cause. So he says, before you tell me anything, before you tell me anything, just answer one question. And the question is, who are you mad at? See, that's the cause. Because he found invariably that psychological problems stem from a self-righteous, bitter blaming of others. And in verse 33 and 34, they mark out the difference between Isaac and Esau. Isaac and Esau went down different roads or different ways, the opposite ways for Isaac and Esau. And it came down to essentially this. When a frustrating disappointment comes in our lives, who do we blame? Isaac trembled and blamed himself. Esau became bitter and blamed Jacob and God. Isaac blamed himself because he saw himself as a sinner. Esau blamed others because he saw himself as self-righteous. Now we look at these astounding words of Esau in verse 34 when he says, bless me, even me also, O my father. And we read those words, we're shocked. Because with his words in verse 34, bless me, even me also, O my father, Esau did not accept that he would be rejected, that he's going to be replaced by Jacob. And he looked for Isaac, change your mind, and take the blessing away from Jacob, and give it to me, Esau. See, those words of Esau in verse 34, bless me, even me also, my father, they're very telling. See, when Esau said, bless me, Esau saw no reason why he should not be blessed, no reason at all. When, When Esau said, bless me, Esau saw No reason why his selling of the birthright should mean that he should not be blessed. There's no connection. When Esau said, bless me, Esau saw no reason why his lustful life of being asleep around, of fornication, marrying these Hittite women, as Tim said, that that should mean that that I should not be blessed. There's no connection. See, when the lost will say, Lord, Lord, let me into heaven, They'll see no reason why they should not be left let into heaven. No reason at all. See, when the lost will say, Lord, Lord, let me into heaven, they'll see no reason why their rejection of, of the Lord Jesus Christ should mean that they should not get into heaven. There's no connection. When the lost will say, Lord, Lord, let me into heaven, they'll see no reason why their lives of pornography and sex outside of marriage should mean that they should not be led into heaven. There's no connection. When the lost will say, Lord, Lord, let me into heaven, they'll see no reason why homosexuality should not let them into heaven. There's no connection. When the lost is going to say, Lord, Lord, let me into heaven, 
There's still no reason why killing the unborn baby should not let them into heaven. There's no connection. Esau, with tears, was looking to Isaac for a change in his mind, a repentance in Isaac for his decision to bless Jacob. And that's what's described in Hebrews 12, 17. For you know how that afterward, when he would have, he would have, that's the terrible words, he would have inherited the blessing. He was rejected. For he found no place of repentance, speaking of in Jacob, no place of repentance, though he sought it carefully with tears. See, and that verse says that Esau sought a place of repentance. He sought it carefully with tears. That doesn't mean that Esau was trying to find a way for himself to repent before God. He was trying to, no, no. That means that Esau was trying to find a way for Isaac to repent and change his mind over his decision to bless Jacob. And that description of Esau, for you know, in Hebrews 12, 17, afterward he would have inherited the blessing. He was rejected, found no place of repentance. He sought it with, carefully with tears. It's sobering because that with those tears, Esau looked for Isaac to change his mind, and Isaac would not. That's a picture of the loss with tears, looking for God, looking to God, change your mind. Don't send me to hell, but God will not. See, there's an appointed time during our lifetime to repent and be saved and gain heaven and avoid hell. As it says in 2 Corinthians 6, 12, he said, I have heard thee and in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation, if I succored thee, behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. It's the now. It's like Dave was saying in his message. I said, now. Oh, there it goes. You know. And after that, in Hebrews 9, 27, as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. See, there are two tragic words that the lost will hear, and those words are too late. Too late. See, Why will it be too late? Why does God close the door of opportunity for salvation to death? Because of what it says in Proverbs 1, 24. It says, because I've called, you refused. I stretched out my hand, no man regarded. You said it not all my counsel. You would none of my reproof. I'll laugh at your calamity. I will mock when, when, not if, but when your fear cometh. When your fear cometh as a desolation, your destruction cometh as a whirlwind, when distress and anguish cometh upon you, then they shall call upon me. I will not answer. They shall seek me early. They shall not find me. That they hated knowledge, did not choose the fear of the Lord, they would none of my counsel, they despised all my reproof, therefore shall they eat of the fruit of their own doing, of their own way, and be filled with their own devices. For the turning of the way of simple shall slay them, prosperity of the fool shall destroy them. See, the tenses in that Proverbs 1 passage are so important. The past tenses of, I have called, you refused, I have stretched out, you have said it not. And then the future tenses, when your fear cometh, when your distress and anguish cometh upon me, then shall they call, and I will not. They shall seek me early. They shall not find me. See, all his tenses are very important. And that's the picture we see in Esau. In the past, he had no use for God. Now we see him wanting the blessing of God. It's too late. He didn't come in time. See, that's why it's so terrible when a person says, well, later in life, when after I've had a little bit of fun in life, you know, a little bit of sinful pleasure has been a little naughty, eh, you know, after I've got a, built up all those sweet memories, then I'll come to God. When I find my rocking chair, oh, don't you think so? It may be too late. 
you may not come in time. There is a time when God will not answer because a person has neglected the appointed time, which is right now. And the day of God's grace is gonna come to an end and the door will be shut. As the Lord Jesus said in in Matthew 25, when he said, the kingdom of heaven is like 10 virgins which took their lamps and and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And and five of them were foolish and five were wise and, and, and the foolish took their lamps, but they didn't have any oil. And the wise took oil with their lamps when the bridegroom carried and everybody slumbered and slept. And at midnight, there was a cry made, Hold, bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. All those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps, all of them. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us your oil. Our lamps are gone out. The wise answered, that, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. Go get your own oil. Go, go gather and then sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. And all they were ready, went into the marriage. And the door was shut. Afterwards, the other virgins came, Lord, Lord, open to us. He answered, said, verily say, I don't know you. I know you're not. Those are tragic words. The door was shut. There will be a day when the door will be shut. And when the door will be shut, there will be the cries of Esau. When the door is shut, there will not be the, the Isaac trembling of repentance over how wrong I've been, When the door is shut, there'll be the Esau cries of bitterness over how wrong others have been to me. And that can be seen clearly in the last words of verse 33 and 34. At the end of verse 33, Isaac says, I had no right to bless Esau. I've been wrong to not bless Jacob. Now I stand with God and I bless Jacob. And I say, yea, and he shall be blessed. In contrast, the end of verse 34, Esau says, you had no right to bless Jacob and it is right to bless me. I stand against God when I say, bless me. So, yea, and he shall be blessed. Those are the words of penitent Isaac. Bless me. Those are the words of self-righteous Esau. For all eternity in hell are going to be the cries of Esau's bitter self-righteousness, blaming others, which inevitably comes down to a blaming of God. That bitter self-righteous blaming of God, that's seen in the rich man. When he lifts, opens his eyes in hell in, in Luke 16, 27, and he says, he says, I pray thee therefore, Father, that I would send to him, send him, speaking of Lazarus, to my father's house. I've got five brethren. He may testify unto them. So they don't come to this place of torment. Abraham saith unto him, they have Moses and the prophets. Let him hear them. He said, nay, he argues. Nay, Father Abraham. But if one went out unto him from the dead, they will repent. He's dogmatic. And he said unto him, if they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. There's not even a hint of Isaac's trembling repentance in the words of the rich man in hell. Instead, in the words of the rich man in hell, there's Esau's bitter self-righteous arguing, hey, Father Abraham, let me set you straight, he's saying, but you don't understand, Abraham. See, if somebody came back from the dead, then they will repent. What's he saying there? He's saying the rich man in hell is saying he has no spirit of Isaac's repentance, when he, he's, not, he's not saying, I only have myself to blame and be angry with for being here in hell. The rich man in hell argues and said, it's Abraham's fault that he's there. And it's God's fault. He didn't send somebody from the dead to convince him to repent. The rich man in hell is blaming others for not giving enough proof. And not giving enough proof to convince him of hell was real and that he should repent. See, the rich man in hell, he saw nothing wrong with himself to have landed in hell. He only saw wrong in others, especially God for not sending him enough proof. That's Esau. That's Esau's spirit of self-righteousness. The rich man in hell in Luke 16 had no spirit of repentance. He, had, he, he wasn't like the thief on the cross. 
In Luke 23, where it says the other answering rebuked him, says, does not fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation, and we indeed justly, we receive the due rewards of our deeds. See, in hell, there's no statements of condemnation of we indeed justly. We're here indeed justly. With Esau, there's no statement about his own rejection, about his being rejected, with an I indeed justly have been rejected. Esau did not see his own rejection as just. Esau did not see that because he despised his birthright and that he was not for him to receive the Abrahamic blessing. Esau didn't see that because he rebelled against God, he wanted to enjoy his lust of fornication, that it was just for God to reject him. He was self-righteous. Self-righteousness is the hallmark characteristic of everyone who ends in hell. The hallmark characteristic of everyone who is saved are the words, God, be merciful to to me, a sinner. That was the words of the publican in Luke 18, 13. He says, the publican standing afar off would not lift so much as his eyes toward heaven, smote his breast saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Show me a self-righteous person, a self-righteous, bitter person like Esau, I'll show you a person who's bound for hell. Show me a penitent, trembling person like Isaac who cries to God, God be merciful to me, a sinner. I'll show you a person who's not far from being bound to heaven. And what challenges us when we see this is to examine ourselves and make sure we turn away from the Esau spirit of self-righteous, bitter blaming of others and instead embrace the penitent, trembling spirit of Isaac who blames himself. And and now we see what Isaac said to Esau in verse 35, which is also interesting. He says, thy brother came with subtlety and taken away the blessing. What's this? Oh, so wavering with Isaac? In verse 33, Isaac was convinced that it was God who made the decision that Jacob should be blessed. And Isaac came to the same conclusion as Gamaliel did in Acts 5.39. If it be of God, you cannot overthrow it, lest happily you be found to fight against God. In verse 33, when Isaac said, yea, and he shall be blessed, Isaac knew that it was God's decision for Jacob to be blessed, and he couldn't overthrow God's decision. Verse 33, you know, Isaac says, you know, it's a bad idea to be found even to fight against God. That's not a good idea. So at the end of verse 33, we look at Isaac and we say, Mazel tov, Isaac. But at the end of verse 33, we see Isaac siding with God. He only sees himself to blame. But in verse 35, Isaac's not, he's not blaming himself anymore. Now he's blaming it, Jacob. He says, your brother came and did this with subtlety, took it away. So we would say, what? Jacob is to blame? Isaac, what happened to you? In verse 33, you were, you were to blame. In verse 35, Jacob is to blame. Isaac, what happened between verse 33 and verse 35? And you know what Isaac would say? He says, you asking me what happened between verse 33 and verse 34? Five, I'll tell you, verse 34 happened. <laughs> he says, that's what happened. What happened in verse 34? What happened to Isaac in verse 34 that caused Isaac to waver and blame Jacob instead of himself? What happened? The bitter cry. Esau cried with a great and exceeding bitter cry and said unto his father. See, Isaac, to see his favorite son cry with a bitter and exceeding cry, it's just too much for Isaac. He caves. He can't hold up under that. And what does that show us? We would say to Isaac, if you only live longer, you'd have the New Testament where you could have read in 1 Corinthians 15, 33, be not deceived, evil communications corrupt good manners. Matthew 24, 4, and Jesus answered and said to them, take heed that no man deceive you. Ephesians 5, 6, 
Let no man deceive you with vain words. For because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Galatians 5, 9. A little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. Isaac, you should not have been deceived by Esau. It was time for you to do what it says in Proverbs 9, 6. Forsake the foolish and live and go in the way of understanding. Remember Isaac, Proverbs 13, 20. He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. You gotta stop being this companion with Esau. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word this morning, and thank you for taking all the time, Lord, to record these words for us so that we can not be like the mule that has to be pulled around with bit and bridle, but learn. Help us to learn in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. If you would like to hear more of this message or other messages by Tom Cantor, visit our website, friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or go to itunes.com and search for the Friendship with God podcast. All messages are cataloged by date and all available for free listening and free download. You can also call us directly for more information at 800 247 3051. What are you doing this Thursday? Come to the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California for our Thursday night Bible study and fellowship. This Thursday at 6.30 p.m. we'll study aliens, UFOs, and what the Bible says about them and answer the question, are we alone? And what does God's Word say about close encounters of the fourth kind? Join us at the Creation Museum in Santee, California. Call us 619-599-1104, 619-599-1104, or creationsd.org, creationsd.org.